0: Speak to us now, O Lord, we pray. Speak to our souls today, for this is why we've come, dear Lord. We're ready for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. Heaven and earth will pass, but God, your word will forever last. We stand ready for your word. Father, speak to us now and allow us to hear from you. Give us clarity of communication, both in the preaching and in the hearing of your word. And we pray, God, that your word will find fertile ground in our hearts and minds. That good seed would find good soil. And that good seed and good soil would germinate and grow and produce good fruit. We ask your blessings now in Jesus' name. Amen. So in preparation for the message this week... I began to do some research around what are the strongest animals in the world? What are the strongest animals in the world? And and I wanted to highlight the strongest, and I realized that in order to really accurately portray the strongest animals, I need to take into account two factors. One, just sheer weight what animal could lift or pull or carry the greatest amount of weight? But the second category was what animal could carry the most amount of weight in relationship to their body weight? In other words, pound for pound, who would be the strongest animal? Some of you might be surprised, most of you are probably not, that the strongest animal in terms of the weight that animal can lift or carry is the elephant. It is said that the head of an elephant weighs more than some cars. They can get as big as 12,000 pounds, that's six tons, and they can carry up to 20,000 pounds. As a matter of fact, one elephant can carry 130 people. That's a lot of weight, but the pound for pound champion, the animal that can lift the most weight in relationship to its body weight is the rhinoceros beetle. Now that may surprise you. The rhinoceros beetle can lift more per body weight than any other creature on earth. The rhinoceros beetle can lift up to 850 times its weight. Now, if a person weighed 200 pounds and they could bench press 400 pounds, we would say that's a strong person. But can you imagine you being able to carry 850 of you around at one time? That's a whole lot of lifting. Now, while all animals and human beings have different levels of strength, uh, the truth of the matter is the strength of any animal is limited. But there is one in our text today who is described as being one who does not have a limited amount of strength or power, but has all power. And the beauty of Our text today is it describes all power beyond just physical power, but deals with the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and the ability to make things happen when our power falls far short. Today, I want to continue our discussion around who God is. We live in a day and time and we live in the midst of a people who, when they say the word God, they don't mean the same thing you mean, even though you use the same word and spell it the same way. And today, as we take a fresh look at God, I want to talk to you from the thought, El Shaddai, the almighty God. El Shaddai, the almighty God. If you have your outlines, would you say Amen. If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. For our streaming audience, you can find that outline online as well. Now, just in the form of a transition, Abram, the central character of our story, was in a desperate situation. He wanted a son. God promised him an heir, said he would be the father of many nations. And you remember in Genesis chapter 16, Abram decided to take the advice of his wife Sarai and have a relationship with Hagar in order for her to be the surrogate mother of their child of promise. The Bible says it created what amounted to the first instance of baby mama drama in the Bible as Hagar and Sarai could not get along with one another. Hagar runs away and the Bible says God saw her, found her, told her to go back, return to her place and submit to her servant servant or her master or her mistress's will. And Hagar saw something in God that she had not seen before. El Roi, the God who sees. Well, we get to Genesis chapter 17, and 13 years have passed. Abraham, Sarai, and Hagar, Abram at this time, have learned to endure one another, if nothing else. 13 years they've been living together. Ishmael is now a teenager. You can imagine the dynamics that are going on in this home, and then something happens. In Genesis 17:1, God knocks on the door and says, Abram, I've got a word for you. Yeah. Abram knew the facts, but God said, I've got to help you with your faith. And somebody in here right now, listen to me. Just because you've made a mistake in your past, it doesn't mean God is through with you. As a matter of fact, it just might mean After your mistake, you are really ready to hear God. Here's the first thing. Number one, you can know God in a new way no matter how long you've known God. You can know God in a new way no matter how long you've known God. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1, the New Living Translation says, When Abram was 99 years old, The Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. Thirteen years have passed since the birth of Ishmael. Abram and Sarai have had to live with the consequences of the decision that they made. Now remember, God made a promise to Abram and Sarai when Abram was 75. It was after 10 years of God taking too long in their opinion that they decided to take matters into their own hands. Now it's 13 years later and they've had to live with the consequences of the decision they made 10 years after God made a promise. But here's what God shows them. Even though... You took matters into your own hands. It did not negate the promise I made to you. And what you've had to live with for the last 13 years is not what I intend for you. So here's Abram. Having to live with his wife's doubts, Ishmael's birth, he comes to a place where God says to him, hey, Abram, I am El Shaddai. God waited until there was no other way for Abram or Sarai to act. See, remember when Sarai told Abram to go in and have a baby by Hagar, according to the OBGYNs of the day, Sarai was past childbearing age. But Abram still had some fire in the fireplace. But God waits until all of the fire is gone in both of them. No ashes, no embers, nothing. And God says, now I'm going to step in and show you who I am. Listen to me carefully. Abram's faith needed to be revived. It needed to be rekindled. And it could only be rekindled when the facts moved Abram and Sarai to a place that they couldn't do anything so that now God could step in. I'm trying to help somebody in here today. Because listen, too many times in life, God has to get us to a place where we stop believing he needs our help in order to do what he has promised to do. You you don't, you don't have to hear me today. I know I'm right about it. Do you know how many times we think we've got to help God? That how many times in our intelligence and in our experience, we think God actually needs our assistance to do what God said he's going to do? And what God wants us to learn from this story parenthetically is that we have a better chance of messing up God's plan than fulfilling God's plan when we get outside of his will and try to do it our way. God says, it's time for you to wake up, Abel. I I need you to look beyond Ishmael. I I need you to look beyond what you created. I need you to look beyond your present circumstance and situation. I need you to look beyond your physical limitations. I need you to look beyond the impossibility of your flesh. I need you to look beyond all of that and see me. And and I want you to notice something. God doesn't address the promise until he introduces his person. In other words, God doesn't say, let's talk about this Ishmael thing, uh, Abram. Let's talk about what happened. He says, no, no, no. He says, before I talk about my promise, I need to introduce you to my person. Uh, have, Have you ever learned something new about somebody that you didn't know, even though you've known them for a long time? Right, like you may be talking or you may be in a situation, you go, you don't like that? Man, I never knew that. Or that happened to you? Wow, you never said anything. Now, hopefully it's nothing really, really serious, especially between you and a spouse. You know, something like, you in jail for killing your last spouse? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you might have wanted to know that before you got married, right? God, God says, God says, listen, I need you to know who I am. And and when you know who I am, I can rekindle your faith in the promise I made. He says, I'm El Shaddai. El Shaddai literally means the almighty God, the God of all might. This name stresses both the power of God and the sufficiency of God, that he is not only able, but he can do whatever needs to be done. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to figure it out. But because he is El Shaddai and he is the almighty God, he is able to do beyond what you can think ask, or imagine because of who he is. You say, I can't see it. Please don't let your limited perspective on life limit what God can do in your life. See, too many times in life because we can't see it, we don't think God can do it. And God says, here's what I need you to do. Stop worrying about understanding and start worrying about obeying. Because when you learn how to obey God, you unleash power on your behalf that you can't understand. You go into the house and it's dark. You go for the light switch. You don't understand all of the theories of electricity currents, how the power plant works, how it produces power, how it gets to your house. And you're not going to sit in the dark until you understand it. You're just going to hit the switch and trust that if you paid the bill, the lights are going to come on. I'm trying to tell you God doesn't want you to sit there trying to understand him when what he's doing is beyond your feeble mind's understanding. (laughs) Text says the almighty God has sufficient power and God is about to do something new in Abram's life, but he has to show Abram himself in a new way. Abraham didn't need to believe the impossible. He just needed to believe God. No, no, let me say it again. Somebody missed it. You don't have to believe the impossible. Just believe the God of the possible. Just believe God. God should have enough credibility with you just by looking in the backyard of your life and seeing what God has already brought you through. Come on, what God has already brought you through should be enough to let you know he won't bring you this far to leave you and he's able to do what needs to be done. Somebody in here, God wants to revive your spirit. He wants to arouse your faith. He he wants to get you believing in the miraculous, wonder-working power of God again. Doubt has beat you down. Time has beat you down. Naysayers have beat you down. And you are focusing so much on what you're going through, you have failed to keep your eyes on God. And God says, See me. Look at me. Look at Jeremiah 32:17. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and earth by your strong hand and powerful arm nothing is too hard for you underline that phrase nothing is too hard for you revelation nineteen 6. let's read it together then i heard again what sounded like the shout of a vast crowd or the roar of a mighty ocean waves or the crash of loud thunder praise the lord For the Lord, our God, the almighty reigns. You sound so good. Let's read Job 42 verses 1 and 2 together. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. I told you, number one, you can know God in a new way no matter how long you've known him. You've known the Lord all your life. Some of you grew up in the church and cut your teeth on the pews. But at the end of the day, God has to show you something new in order for you to see God's ability to do something new. Here's the second thing. You must listen to God and live in a way that brings God glory. You must listen to God and live in a way that brings God glory. Look at what he says. And when Abram was ninety. Years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Walk before me and be thou perfect. God says there's a condition tied to my promise. He still hasn't gotten to the promise yet. But he's given Abram a hint as to why the promise has not been fulfilled. Abram, maybe the reason the promise has not been fulfilled is because you haven't been walking before me and you haven't been walking in perfection. Now, that word for perfect is an interesting word because it doesn't refer to being blameless or sinless, but it refers to a lack of completion. David, uh, 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 the Lord says to Abram, I want you to walk in a complete way. I want you to trust me in the totality of your life. Listen, you can't see God's full effect in your life if you give him Sunday, but he can't have Saturday. You can't sit there and say, God, I'm going to give you two hours a week, but the other 165 are mine. God says, no, I need you to make a commitment of your life in total in order to see my best blessings manifest themselves in your life. And for somebody today, that's your word. Because you've been wanting to give, you've been wanting to give God your less and then wanting, wondering why God hasn't given you his best. You've been literally sitting there saying, God, I don't know why I'm going through all of this. God says, look at your life. Should be, you want to know why you've been going through this. Can you imagine? In those 13 years, Abram and Sarai praying, Lord, this sure is hard. Dealing with this other woman and this boy Ishmael. God, I don't know why you putting us all through this. Lord, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. And God's looking at them going, but you did it. You did it. You're the ones that put yourself in that position. Look at what he says. Look at A. You must serve God faithfully. He says, I am the almighty God. Walk before me. The idea of walk is literally to live your life as if you are knowledgeable that I am watching you. Right? Listen, there are certain people when they are around you change how you live. Uh, You know, you you cuss and fuss, but if your mama walk in, you kind of change that tune a little bit, you know. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully. Oh, if you driving down the road, and and you got that left hand up on the steering wheel, and you digging the scene with that gangster lean. you know what I mean, right? And you see the squad car pull up behind you. You quickly shift to a 10-2 position. Head straight ahead. Checking that speedometer and hoping those lights don't go off. Come on, somebody go with me. You know what I'm talking about. God says, I need you to walk and live your life like you know I'm watching you like you know I'm there, right? How would your life change, or how should your life change if you were living in full knowledge that God is watching you and God is with you? He says, serve God faithfully. Live step by step in the presence of God. Moment by moment, live in fellowship with God. Live day by day in unbroken consciousness of the presence of God. Live before him in a spirit of devotion. In the spirit of commitment. Look at Colossians 2.6. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. Live in him. In other words, if I'm walking with Jesus, then my walk ought to match Jesus' walk. If I'm walking left and Jesus in his word is walking right, then I need to change how I'm walking. But watch B. You ought to live an upright life. You ought to live an upright life. He says, be thou perfect. Be thou perfect. Uh Um. This, this completeness around purity, but even more than that, a completeness around commitment, right? Uh, most of us, if we're honest, live a convenient Christian life. We don't live a committed Christian life, which simply means this. You are Christian as long as it's convenient. But as soon as it gets hard, God understands. Right? If it's easy to be a Christian, listen, if everybody is treating me the way I want to be treated, then it's easy to be a Christian. But when they start treating me the way I don't want to be treated, or act like they don't know my name, or they don't respect me, or they don't know who they're messing with, All of a sudden, my convenient Christianity gets put on the shelf. And now they get to deal with me and all of my flesh and all of my ugliness. God says to Abram, I need you to be perfect. I need you to be sound. I need you to be complete. I need you to be without lack or failure whatsoever. I need you to walk blamelessly. I need you to follow me, Abram. Follow me. Trust me. And somebody in here today, here's your word. Trust God. How much longer do you have to try to do it your way until you come to a place where you finally say, I give up, and God, let's do it your way. I want you to think about this. For 23 years, Abram lived with a decision to not wait on God and not do it God's way. How much longer do you have to live with your decision until you decide to do it God's way? look at first Peter chapter 1 beginning at verse 14 as obedient children do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance but as he who called you is holy you also be holy in all your conduct since it is written you shall be holy for I am holy Colossians four let's read it together Epaphras A member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus sends you his greetings. He always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. Listen to me carefully. When you get to a place. When your flesh gets weak. Your body gets tired your mind gets troubled and you are questioning God and what God is trying to do. Paul says, learn how to ask God to make you strong and perfect or complete. Like when you are weak and you start thinking about making those decisions and doing what you know you shouldn't do, And going where you know you shouldn't go and saying what you know you shouldn't say and thinking what you know you shouldn't think. Paul says you have an out. Pray for God to make you strong. Can I tell you, I got to tell you this and I'm going to let you go. We'll finish this next week. I got to tell you this. When Sarai told Abram, go sleep with Hagar and have a baby. Do you think Abram stopped to pray about that? Do you think he said, "Um, baby, let's pray. Do you think she prayed before she told her husband that? Do you think she went to Abram and said, Abram, listen, I prayed and the spirit of Yahweh came upon me and told me to tell. No, because guess what? We don't pray when there's even a question as to whether or not what we want to do is what God wants us to do. I'm, I'm knocking on somebody's door this morning. I mean, you, when you want to do it in your flesh, you figure it's easier to get forgiveness than to get permission. Well, it must be from God because, I, I mean, who would put that in my mind? Like, you really have to ask that? Who would put that in your mind? God says, Abram, before you can even receive what I'm going to do, you've got to know who I am and you've got to live in the way that I want you to live. Now, I'm going to give you a little preview for next week. Abram still thought Ishmael was the child of promise. He didn't even realize that God was speaking to his situation and that a blessing was on the way. And for somebody in here, you may not realize that the blessing is on the way. But here's what I want to encourage you to do. Stop for a moment and say, Lord, you know what? I've been fighting this thing a long time. Some of y'all have been fighting a long time. And, And the truth of the matter is you're tired. You're worn out and you're worn down and you move more now in your flesh than you do by faith. And God says, "Let me renew your faith. Let me revive your spirit. And let me help you understand that I am El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. And when you can't, I can." Yeah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and bless you for today. We pray now that all that we say and all that we do and have done and said has been pleasing in your sight. Help somebody today, God, who, who needs to hear from you to receive what you have to say. That we might move from our present place, wherever we are, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, or physically, and get to the place you want us to be. And that's to see the full manifestation of your power in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everyone who can, everyone who will, if you stand on your feet wherever you are, as the praise team comes quickly, I want to ask you a question. Do you need Jesus Christ in your life?